this is Paul McGann and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. continue all the way to episode 448 of the five-ish fangirls podcast 1000 gold pieces on each of their heads dead or alive i prefer dead welcome everyone to this week's episode of the five-ish fangirls podcast so glad you joined us let's start off like we do with the virtual table and see who's joined us this week this is chrissy in salt lake city this is holly from wisconsin this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. We're back, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Most of us are back. <laughs> we're we're mm. doing our best between. We're trying. We're, weather we're trying. And, and internet connection. So, yeah. Uh, we should be okay, but in case there is an issue, well, we just, just know we try. We'll soldier on. <laughs> we'll make it work. It's all right. Yes. We'll do our impersonation of, of Shatner, but instead of Khan, it's Skype. Yeah. <laughs> and internet. Or just technology. Uh-huh. Dick! Uh-huh. <laughs> it is the bane of our existence. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're, technology's great when it works. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when it doesn't, it is a pain in the yep. patella. Yeah. <laughs> It's Between, Rakita. <laughs> yeah. Through technical issues and then just trying to stay healthy. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, so, it's an effort. Yeah. Mother Nature gets like your act together. Take your mm-hmm. vitamins, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's do the news. So, unfortunately, we've got a couple of pieces of 10 o'clock news. Mm-hmm. So, um, first up, uh, Carl Weathers of, if you go back far enough, Rocky, or mm-hmm. most recently, The Mandalorian, yep. has passed away at the Our... age of 76. Oh, I know. I saw that. It was like such a gut punch. Everybody was posting yeah. things. I'm like, oh, no. Did he? Ah, crap. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, wait, what? No. Yep. Yeah, Ming Wan Na last night did a nice little tribute at the Saturn Awards. I watched that streaming instead of the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah, most, uh, several of of his former co-stars have posted, like, like Stallone and mm-hmm. Schwartz and because he was in the Predator. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so Gina, Gina Carano said had some very oh yeah she did complimentary words for him and mm-hmm. it was it was so sweet to read what she posted on on Twitter. So if you yeah. feel so inclined, go go look up her um her what she said yeah. about him because I'm like you know what in that situation. You gotta, you gotta have a couple of friends, and it sounds like he he covered himself in glory there when so many yep. were mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. total asshats. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, R.I.P. Carl Weathers, one yep. of the greats, and mm-hmm. 
in my opinion, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're gonna do in the Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean no, it's not Reef Karga wasn't like a big part of it, but I mean he was also like he was he was a good component. Yeah, he was key. I mean he wasn't like like main main character, but he was like main character adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so, within the it was in the main circle, let's just put it yeah. that way. We could say maybe a major reoccurring character. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Oh, I'm sure they'll 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 find somebody. Yeah. And they won't be quite as good. Yeah. But whatever, but yeah. So I guess the town will have to find a new mayor. Uh-huh. Yeah. We will, we we will, we mourn his passing, but yep. remember, remember his body of work fondly. As as mm-hmm. uh, we're losing all the good ones, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of life. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this next one, the news dropped earlier today, and actually the first person I saw say something about it was Colin Baker. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Nicola Bryant not long after so I was like okay well this has probably got some some traction to it it's not a, a mistake so mm-hmm. but Michael Jason who you know for all of us Doctor Who fans he's the Valyard mm-hmm. or as Colin Baker's doctor I like to call him the Brickyard the Knackyard the Junkyard uh <laughs> Uh, has passed away at the age of 88. So, um, yeah, that uh, apparently he had some sort of illness and then uh, passed away uh, this morning. So, um, another. Well, you know, I just yeah, gonna miss him. Yeah, and I think Big Finish put up a little yeah to him as well. Yeah, yeah, and I sent a message to Nick to pass along to uh, his cousin Janet uh, because Michael was her Tsar Nicholas to her Alexandria. In, oh, that's uh, right. That's the right. Film, Nicholas and Alexandra back in the 70s that uh, Janet got nominated for an Academy Award for. Um, so, <clears throat> so our, you know, obviously our condolences to mm-hmm. Michael's family, but it's just kind of weird to be like, I know someone that worked with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is kind is kind of odd. And I I've met Michael Jaston mm-hmm. at uh, Chicago Tardis the year the fiftieth in twenty thirteen. That was actually the first time I met Colin Baker too. Um, so. Was this with the infamous clippings? <laughs> no, that was when she. No, cried. no, that was later. Okay. <laughs> no, this is when I cried on Colin Baker. 
Okay, I couldn't remember. Sometimes they get those flip-flopped. <laughs> no, I cried on him the first time, and then the second convention is when, when we had the, the clippings. So, gotcha. I managed to... by, by, then, by then, they were best buds. You could ask oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once you cry on someone... Um, you know, you're you're either you're in. You never you can either never see each other ever again, or you're now BFFs. So, you know, Colin and I, we got we got we made a connection, man. Well, uh, then the Crocs, yeah, <laughs> that too. So, um, but yeah, and you know, we did the uh, the Valley Yard Big Finish. So you can go and you can go and listen to our review of that big finish, or you can go to the gold standard feed. You have to go back <laughs> quite a bit back to our first year around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, 2020 to listen to our interview with, with Janet. So, um, so I feel bad for Janet. Is... This is the second co-star that she's lost Man. So, since I met her. <laughs> Bubble wrap all her other coasters. Yeah. <laughs> right. Poor cousin Janet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that trial of a Valyard is a great episode. And also, guys, if you haven't seen it's the a, Trial of a Time Lord series, yes. Do yourself a favor, watch yeah. it, because he is just pure gold as the Valyard. Yep. Yep. So there's all the ten o'clock news. Thankfully, mm-hmm. <laughs> not to cross our fingers, cross our toes. Um, yep. So, um, moving on to speaking of the Saturn Awards, those were. Yes yesterday Mm -hmm. um and uh of course it being you know the (laughs) kind of the emmy equivalent uh for genre because they do film and television Mm -hmm. um that uh stuff we actually care about actually wins so yes um sometimes it still doesn't i don't care about avatar yeah, I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't too in the first one was released. I'm so I don't care, but whatever. For, for um, what I understand, it's only good if you see it in the theaters, and that's because it's so immersive, and no one and the characters are not that memorable. But it's yeah. pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny won Best Fantasy Film, yep. Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy Volume Three, Best Superhero Film. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Best Animated Film. Um, Harrison Ford won Best Actor. Uh, Margot Robbie won uh, Best Actress for Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Williams won for Best Film Music, uh, yep. which he actually won a Grammy for Indiana Jones as well yesterday. So... Adding more to the John. I don't know where he keeps all of his awards. Uh, he, he might. <laughs> the have man a is over ninety years old. He spreads, he spreads them out across he's, his house. He's probably got a shelf in every room, including the probably. bathrooms and the pantry, where he just puts he's all probably, his little 
All these bits of hardware. Yes. And he's probably using them as doorstops, too. Paperweights. <laughs> yeah. Prop open a window that doesn't want to stay up by itself. Put them out in his garden like lawn gnomes. <laughs> probably. Uh. <laughs> well, that one, I call that one... I call that one Ethel, and that one is Beatrice. Mm-hmm. So that one... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Barbie won Best Film Costume and Production Design. And then in the TV uh, side of things, Star Trek Picard walked away with a crap ton of awards. Yes, they fiction did. TV, Best uh-huh. Actor for Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Breaks for Supporting Actor good. Jerry Ryan for Supporting Actress. Yep. <laughs> uh, Star Trek the Strange King. New Worlds walked away with for Best Featured Guest Star. And then yep. Star Trek The Next Generation won like a Legacy Award. Yes. And the standing ovation. Holy cow. I mean, everybody was just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, that that I I don't know every if you watch haven't watched Star Trek or you know Picard season three. Even if even if even if seasons one or two were not your cup of tea and they were not Mm -hmm. mine, but season three was brilliant. It was let's just put it this way: it was a love letter to Next Gen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, and and you know, and even even those of us who maybe didn't grow up with it or really don't have that big of a connection mm-hmm. with it, it was still just, it was excellent. It was, yeah. it was a good time, so. And, then if you still ha- and if you still haven't read Patrick Stewart's book, oh, you do, do that too. Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy, it, it goes up into the finale of Picard, so like he just finished his book like, recently, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Outlander won for best action adventure thriller television series. Best television went to War- Marvel's Werewolf by Night. Star yes. Wars Bad Batch won best animated series. Mm-hmm. Andor won best genre television series. Oh my goodness! It so, was it was going it was going tough. the way everybody's you know was like yes 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 yes. So that's uh, I I I like I like I like this list. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that being said, we did get our Oscar nominations. So, by nobody's surprise, Oppenheimer has the most nods with thirteen. I mean that that movie is kind of you know all of the Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. The one, so, duh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all expecting Oppenheimer yeah. to walk away with walk away with the big one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah. I- I'm hoping they. I'm hoping we don't get what whatever the year that we had to do Lawrence of Arabia and we yeah picked the wrong one. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, that was, yeah, that was, we just assumed yeah. <laughs> that the Academy would continue with the status quo 
Right. And it was like a war movie. So we were all like 1917. <laughs> Obviously, that's going to win. Meanwhile, if you looked at the track record, which is why I do the documentation that I do now for when we do our little competition of keeping track of like the award ceremonies leading up to the Oscars to see what is winning what and how many times and that sort of thing. Um, you could just see Parasite was just like picking up steam, but it was like, what are the chances the Academy Award is going to give it to a modern non-English language? <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of psychological, psychological thriller type movie. <laughs> so it was like, eh. so I, the only thing is, uh, you know, again, we'll just keep our eye on things because we still have the BAFTAs. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I could potentially see maybe poor things doing a weird mm -hmm. like jump in, but I don't, if it did, I don't think it would be like the year that parasite one i think it would probably be more like the year that coda won whenever i was expecting like power of the dog to win so right yeah makes makes sense yeah so it better not go to killer killers of the flower moon because i do not want to watch another scorsese movie thank you very much <sighs> well yeah. you may be out of luck i mean <laughs> i'm just thinking like oh uh, like scorsese is how old now 81. Oh, okay. Maybe he's not as old as I thought he was, but Yes, cuz he 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 set a record by being 81 becoming the oldest directing nominee. Okay. Cuz I was like cuz they they may just give it to me like, well, we don't know how much longer he's going to be around. So let's He's already won I one. Know that. I know that. I know that. I am I am thinking like an insular Hollywood bubble academy no, he's our, he's already won one. He's fine. I know, I know. We I know, know, but they might want there's, to there's no him. There's no I need would, for time served. He's already gotten hit. It's like you and me think, but this is the Academy. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I am saying it is possible. Well, it's I in know. the realm of possibility, yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's, like... it's a big circle jerk. And I already like had to, to watch award, the award watch this. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying this to torture you, Rachel. And I'm not saying this because I think that he deserves to win. I actually don't know. Yeah. But I'm just like mm, probably. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Well, we know who won't be winning a directing award is Greta Gerwig. Uh. She okay, did not get I, nominated, <laughs> and Margot Robbie did not get nominated for Best Actress. I'm so. going to say this. This is my point of view, and I didn't go see Barbie because it wasn't. It just wasn't my thing, and I wasn't getting suckered into the the Barbenheimer meme BS. I just didn't. Yeah. Also, I didn't have time or or money or the inclination to go see any of these movies. With the 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 Best Actress thing. I want to ask people who would you have left off that that roster? Because there are a lot of actresses, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of ladies who are 
getting acting roles and acting gigs and you know you've got the then they only have five nomination spots it's five right yes Mm -hmm. and honestly i am surprised that barbie got any nominations because it is a movie based on a doll okay how many times have we heard oh this movie is just to sell toys or this show is just just to sell toys and i know there was some big kind of message in there that actually didn't quite work because from what i've heard ken was actually the most interesting character in that movie i disagree uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see it. This is what I've heard. Also, mm. also going back to going back to the whole, well, Ken got nominated. I'm like, first off, Ryan Gosling is not up against Margot Robbie because it wouldn't even be the same category. Also, mm-hmm. also, how many movies either got delayed because of the strike or canceled or anything else? This is my, this is, this is my, and I'm only being, I'm only being half facetious here. This is my um theory on why this happened. So you've got the Academy bigwig sitting across a big oak table with their big we're nominating our people and oh no we only have four nominations for best supporting actor. Who are we gonna nominate? We have no idea who we're gonna put in there. And someone pipes up, how about Ryan Gosling from Barbie? And they're like, oh no, we're not gonna do that. Who else you got? How about Taylor Swift's equipment manager? Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling it is. So it was that because there were just no I mean no, no. I mean based on based on you know the the you know it, again looking at who's who is winning what up to this up to this point really four out of five are just there to flesh it out because we know it's going to go to Robert Downey Jr. Well yes. <laughs> I mean, they probably couldn't. They probably couldn't make all the best supporting actor nominations from one movie, being Oppenheimer, because you couldn't. You can't throw a rock in Hollywood and not hit somebody who was in that movie. Oppenheimer, yeah. Not, not that I'm, not that I'm, 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 I'm uh, promoting throwing rocks at people, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think a lot. It, and the directing thing, eh, whatever. It's all, it's all a popularity contest anyway. We, I'm. You know, now I've talked myself into thinking Scorsese's gonna win it because it's Scorsese and they like to kiss it, kiss his butt. He already has or, he doesn't I need know it. he does, but we just got done talking about how John Williams has enough awards to fill to fill all of his bathrooms. Well that's because everything he does is golden. Scorsese is dull. Uh <laughs> Academy love him, so you know. I, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's what I want to have happen. I'm just being a realist. And ever since the Lions lost in the play- in the playoffs, I have been a, a cynical realist, okay? <laughs> I'm also a little pissed about that, but that's me. That's that's another issue. That just so, makes you a Lions fan. Uh, I know. I, and yes, I know. The Lions I, did, did what the Lions do best. Just, they give their fans a glimmer of hope, and then they... They do. Then they, then they crap the bed. You don't yep. think I haven't been making jokes on about at the lion's expense my entire life? <laughs> you, know, you, you guys, you got to know my dad. You got to know yep. my dad and how and how much heartache this has been for, yep. you know, forever. So this is a thing. So yes, I'm being a little I'm being a little grumpy and cynical 
where the Oscars are concerned because we're doing our competition and that's the next thing up. And I'm really, really tired of everybody bitching about Barbie got snubbed. I'm like, you're lucky that they even nominated it. It's a, it's a, ah, what, you know, what, why aren't you complaining about what Transformers didn't get nominated? Come on, ah. people. Cause that's crap. <laughs> it was, it was there to sell toys. Anyway, actually, I, it's not. That's not selling you, toys. Yeah, no, it's not to sell toys. Other than they, other they, they, there are no toys really for well, Barbie. Well, well, I guess you could. I guess you could. The Barbie that already existed before this. So well, I guess you couldn't couldn't exactly sell, you know, gynecolo gy gynecologist Barbie. Yeah, Barbie going to the to the OBGYN for little yeah. kids. That might. Yeah. That might I mean, that. all the bar all the Barbies depicted are based on dolls that already existed. So it's not suddenly like they're trying to push something new. It's like, hey, this doll's always existed. So, but yeah, that's well, it's it's an interesting year, and I do, and I I, I think you are right though that like this, if we hadn't had the strike this mm -hmm. list could probably look completely different and you gotta you gotta understand barbie kind of saved the the movie industry's butt this year because mm -hmm. it's like what else did they have mm -hmm. so i'm sure that i'm sure that's part of it and yeah yeah so in in a normal year barbie would have been like oh that one made a billion dollars well good for you there's your award we're gonna we're going to award to some other things. Honestly, I'm just tired of everybody complaining about it. And because I'm just sitting here going like, I feel like I'm in the, I'm in the freaking Twilight Zone. <laughs> like, this happens every year though, like, when we get to award season, though. It's all. And then they're going to. Yeah. Everybody's somebody... got to complain about something. And then we're going to get the award ceremony and somebody's going to complain about something somebody said in their acceptance. I know. Probably there's going to be some a bad joke or two that said, you know, and then somebody's going to get left out of the in memoriam segment, and people are going to be pissed off about that. It's the same. I know. I know. Somebody may or may not get slapped on in live or on the he red carpet, and for ten years, so he is not setting foot for another what eight. So <laughs> true, but I'm just saying things could happen again, yeah. depending on people. He, and he's not things. he's not the only one capable of delivering a slap. Exactly. <laughs> My point. Maybe we'll get another streaker. I don't know. Maybe mm. that's what we need. Maybe that would yeah, be so funny. Need another streaker. I mean, I mean, the Oscars is they, they've had they've been struggling in ratings over the last however many years. So, you know, it's. Mm. They 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 gotta keep it they gotta keep it fresh they gotta keep it interesting yeah yep. so but uh, yeah TLDR it's award season and this is the way that that this is how it goes this is the way it goes every every year it'll so. be fine don't worry yeah. about it and 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 honestly think about it this way. You know, if you if you got passed up for something at work or school or whatever, do you think Margot Robbie would be laying in bed at night going, "How dare you know whoever 
not get that promotion. So with that, I would like to think that maybe Margaret Robbie would have some sympathy for that particular situation. <laughs> Perhaps if she knew. If she it. knew. Uh, <laughs> Just, just I say that as someone who has been in that situation, unfortunately, recently. So yes, when you know, I think we've all we've all had moments like that. So yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yep. it's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting ride. So as always, honestly, as long as Robert Downey Jr. wins. Um, um, I'm golden because I just love the idea of being able to say Academy Award winner Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I think I think that would be amazing, honestly. Yeah, I yes. think that sounds beautiful. It, so yes. it does rolls off the tongue nicely. I yes. does. I mean, talk about a comeback, man. Oh, sure. He used to. People used to not want to touch him with a ten foot pole. That is true. <laughs> That's kind of. If, if memory serves, that's kind of how we got the role of Tony Stark because mm -hmm. he's kind of cheap yep. at, at that mm -hmm. time. That is no longer the case. Yep. Clearly. Ah, so there's that. Um, and then we got <laughs> we got our uh, first proper full-length trailer to Ghostbusters Frozen Empire <laughs> in four so years. 40 years later. Yeah. I. The, he know. still has no dick, and he's still trying to take down the Ghostbusters. Seriously. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. Like, his voice over, and he's like, yeah, You've got a child hanging off the side of a vehicle, and blah. He's like, The Ghostbusters are done. I'm like, Yeah, but you still have no dick. Uh, <laughs> and Slimer's still Slimer. <laughs> Then you have not seen the very first Ghostbusters and you need to leave right now. So, uh, <laughs> go watch it. Yeah. It's awesome. Even the second yeah. one's pretty good. But yes, I'm excited for this. I loved Afterlife. It was just, and now, you know, they're back in New York. They're back in with, you know, mm -hmm. with, with the gang. And um, I don't know. Who, Ghostbusters, what do you want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. Saturday morning cartoon, the yes. real Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of callbacks even from that show, and I'm like, they're making it canon. Not that I think it ever wasn't canon necessarily, yeah. but I'm just excited because actually, oh. the the official Ghostbuster YouTube channel has the cartoon series up for you to watch. Oh, so. really? So yes, if yes. you slowly are... but surely they are releasing all of the seasons. Nice. So. I think I bought, I actually have the whole series on DVD because it was on sale on Amazon so many years ago. And I was like, thank yep. you. So, but yes, if it's on YouTube, go, go watch some episodes. It's, mm -hmm. ah, it is late eighties, early nineties, Saturday morning gloriousness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe you don't have to watch the whole series, but just to get a, just to get a flavor of what's going on here. So I, mm -hmm. I think maybe not everything is going to be dependent on that but it's it's a nice nod so i appreciate that some of some of those mm -hmm. nods and it feels like the new characters and the old characters are kind of just you know coming together seamlessly so that mm -hmm. you know when the new characters inevitably carry on on their own i that they'll be able to really 
hold their own, which really makes me excited. It's like, this is how you do a passing of the torch. Yeah. This is how you pass this on to the next. You hire Paul Rudd. And because everything Paul Rudd does, he acts like he's just happy to be included. Yeah. That just makes it easier for him to seamlessly slide in. There's no ego or anything. He's just like, I was just happy to get an invitation. I'm just happy to be here. Yep. Is that he's that way in the MCU, and now he's like that in Ghostbusters. He's like, "Yep, I'm yep. here." It's, so <laughs> I'm excited. I that's like we were think we were sitting here thinking because Jared and I just had our anniversary, and we we're like, "What are we gonna do this weekend?" And like, well, there's no movies we want to go see. What movies are even coming out? It's like, oh yeah, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we'll go see that one, but there wasn't there wasn't much else that we were super excited about. But I'm like. This one. This one we want to go see. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be a fun time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like, oh, it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. Yep. So check that so. trailer out if you haven't already, or, you know, if you've seen it about 500 times and just, you know, need just one more. Yep. I even commented on it up on YouTube. I'm like, spoiler alert, he still has no dick. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those who were wondering, yes, survey says, <laughs> survey says, here we go. Yep. <laughs> All right, little bit of <clears throat> housekeeping. Yes. Uh, speaking of the Academy Awards, over on the Gold Standard feed, we are now officially caught up. Oh boy. So we have done our review of everything everywhere all at once. So now we wait and see who walks away with the statue next month. But in the meantime, we will cover that one at some point after the Academy Awards, obviously, because uh, we need to see who wins first. Uh, but. Um, uh, that does not mean that we're like we're just going to do that and then you're going to get radio silence from us. No, we are soldiering on. We are continuing. So other than whatever this year's winner is for the foreseeable future, we are going to do uh, the movie. Really, just whatever the hell we want uh, as far as films are concerned. So. Uh, Nick, Zane, and I all made lists of movies that were like, oh, I absolutely want to do this one, you know, at some point. Um, and then we compared lists and we had one movie that appeared on all three lists. So that is, <laughs> that is the first film that we are going to be doing. And that is All the President's Men. Cool. That's a good one. Um, so, but we've got a mix of old and new and you know different genres and different ratings and uh some silence so you know some black and whites so we got a little bit of everything nick did a really good job of putting together a schedule and then we've also opened it up to um anyone who has guested on the show could submit choices as well and then we're still doing the patreon as well so those of you that have not ever guested but are a patreon supporter you can still potentially get your picks so and it's not limited to movies that have won awards of any kind. okay 
Nope, because cool. we've there are there's at least one that I know we're doing uh, at some point this year. I'd have to look at the schedule. That yeah, this uh, this is a no way an award winner unless you count the Razzies. Uh, <laughs> that actually that actually might be a good that might be a fun little um gimmick is like you know we've done all the best let's do the worst yeah <laughs> but i leave i leave that up to you because you you zan and nick because it is it is your your thing yeah i don't know if they'd want to do battlefield earth though that's just yeah. it <laughs> oh, probably not yeah but don't think that's not on our short list if we win win the uh, competition this year. <laughs> Spoilers. I'm just saying, we have an ongoing list of bad movies. That may or may not be on it. That may or may not be on it. On our back pocket just for when this, you know, this, this time of year comes around. So... All right, and of course we are in a new month, so that means a book club update. Yes, uh, this month is the Nightmare Fair, a tribute Ooh. with the Toymaker. And then for voting for March, Rebellion on Treasure Island, Doomsday Extraction Point, Sword of Orion, and Dark Eyes Volume 2. Excellent choices. So yes, mm-hmm. and, and that is a good one. Yes, and I'm thinking in the next couple of months I will be off, be putting in the polls the novelizations of the current specials. I'm just waiting till I know physical copies can be bought because most obtained. of them are <laughs> obtained because obtained bought what whatever means necessary because. Physical is still unavailable I stateside, from what I know. Yeah. That's, that's I getting, think it's only UK-based. Uh, I will say, and I and I heard this from our, our acquisitions department, a lot, I mean, not not quite as big of a deal with, with, like, bestseller books, but some of the more niche things, they are going a lot more digital only. So keep that in mind which i'm whatever it is what it is but it's it's annoying mm-hmm. but there it is but yeah so we have to do digital only on some of these um so it's harder for them to get or you know yeah, library loan is always a thing sometimes mm-hmm. another library system can be uh have a little bit more luck in that so yeah. give it a shot so i am I am cognizant of that, so that's why. Like, well, but why isn't that? I'm so reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all about even availability. I, it yep, is. Even though I do keep the discussions open for, I do not close them, but it's just. Yep. Keep things moving. Yep. Venice, Venice. So yes. All right. Moving on to uh, feedback. Some feedback from Shalane. She says, I've decided to send feedback early about the Oscars. Where we got nominated for Best Picture and Bummer Greta Gerwig did get nominated for Best Director Margot Robbie. 
got nominated for Best Actress, but it got two nominations for Best OG Song. Yes, it did. Um, yeah. Bummer the Peaches did get nominated for Best OG Song. <laughs> I know, I would have loved that. Uh, that. That would have been worth tuning in to see Jack Black yes. on stage at the Oscars, because I'd have been, I would have been giggling the whole time. Yes. Uh, or Super Mario Brothers didn't get nominated for Best Animated Feature, same with Disney's Wish. But I think Boy and the Heron will be the winner for Best Animated Feature. But Elemental's got nominated because Pixar, and mostly Pixar, uh, wins for Best Animated. Eh, who knows? It could be. I, I think it's going to be a toss-up between Boy and the Heron and Across the Spider-Verse, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have said Across the Spider-Verse would have been the shoe-in, but then there's Miyazaki, and mm-hmm. this, I mean, every lately every movie he makes, he says it's his last one, but who knows? Yeah. But we will see. It's Miyazaki, it's essentially, you know... It's... It's the... the, the it's It's... Japanese Disney so uh (laughs) so animation that'll make you cry um so uh but yeah I I think it's going to be between those two so uh because the the academy does not necessarily have an issue giving out awards to sequels in the animation category (laughs) so no, that is true. I'm gonna choose Toy Story Four, which is like why. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, say okay. Let's entangle my British show and anime show comment. <laughs> I have struggled whether or not to watch anime shows. I watched a couple of episodes of anime shows, but I mostly watched Sailor Moon because it's true anime. Then I decided to stick with American shows. Then I started to watch shows that are British shows. So I realized if I watch British shows, then I can also watch anime. But I stick with Sailor Moon. It's complicated. Sorry for the confusion. Yeah, it is complicated because I I, I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you, anything that's, that's not distinctly, you know, American, I totally get. We as Americans, we, get scared easily of things that are unfamiliar and even though britain you know that's where we came from so you know that's the closest to being i guess quote unquote like us but i know some people speak the same english i know and some people struggle with the english accents Uh, you know what so when you're when you got when you think of going to something like something japanese in origin i'm sure for some people it's like oh is this is even something i want to attempt well uh i will i will give i will give a little bit of a a little bit of a background here because you think you know nowadays anime is pretty much you know they 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 dub it if, if they dub it they mm-hmm. do a straight up dub, although some there's some controversy over whether or not some of the localizers are doing it correctly. But if you go back to the seventies, we're going we're going way in the way back machine. It was to the point that they would that, that um Western um companies would just buy the rights to Japanese shows and they would cut them up and make basically make their own stories with the footage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, it was, that's where we got Power Rangers. That's where we got Power Rangers. But I'm talking about like, like there's there are there are two versions of of one in particular, Gachaman. Um, there's one in the '70s that you know all of like Casey Kasem voices the the lead character of the dub, and it is like you go through those episodes and it is nothing like the Japanese version. Like the story just is not that it's not that. Um, and then also later they, they try like Ted Turner got the rights to it. Cause he was doing TNT TBS. I can't remember which one it was he had. Um, and he like, well, I want to redo this one. And he called it G force, but it's still, it was closer, but it still wasn't right. So by the time it, you know, you know, this is, again so so back then it was like oh you know we can't do any anything that we indicates that this is from japan so we really have to just edit it cut it up slice it up and Mm -hmm. put it back together in some kind of frankenstein-ish new show which you know back in those days there was no internet people didn't you know talk to their friends in japan and say hey we've got this show from japan and and they're like, no, you don't, because they just they thought, oh, it's just this new show, and the 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 animate the animation style is different, and we're just gonna make it our own, because they're they're just like people just didn't know what was you know what was being released in mm-hmm. other countries, and uh, and and obviously that has changed because now we have, I mean, you get you get on Netflix, you've got show, you got movies from India and Korea and Japan, obviously, and. I mean, there was there was a show that I was watching. It was from Turkey that was actually pretty good that I was enjoying. And it's just like, you know, now we, you know, now we kind of know about anime and all these other different different things. Whereas back then, so I mean, it's I mean, you want to talk about oh, you know, Americans are get kind of kind of weirded out by by international stuff. I'm like. Yeah, go back in the seventies and see what they did with anime back then. It's it's amusing. It's amusing to find out. Um, there's a lot of YouTube channels that'll talk about it. Um, the one I watch a lot is it's called Secret Galaxy, and they'll do like the history of different classic mm. shows, not necessarily anime, but like you know, basically anything you remember from the seventies, eighties, nineties, all through all through there. So they're they're a lot of fun. Um, so that's where I got, that's where I found out about all this. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And it was kind of weird. And it's, it's just sort of a quirky little thing of, of, you know, TV production, entertainment, producing content, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, anime has got a very interesting history as far as it coming over to North America. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, some people get really uptight about, oh, how dare they do this? And I'm just kind of like, you know what? That was, it was the time period. It was how things were done. It has changed since then, possibly, you know, for better or worse sometimes. Or, I mean, I think there's, there's still, there's still some, some, some iffy things going on with, with mm-hmm. modern localizers, but that's neither here nor there. So we'll see Forgive them for they know not what they do from the seventies. Pretty much because it was just like, hey, we gotta fill time. We need content that's that's cheap. What do you got for us? And it kind of and it went both ways too. As you know, American shows would go to Japan and they would 
you know, maybe they wouldn't wouldn't slice them up like like that, but they would they would do some interesting things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and yeah. Sorry, I could go down the, the anime rabbit hole, but I won't because we're we're still in our feedback segment and <laughs> holy poop. Anyway. Yep. So uh that's Shalane the feedback. And then we got feedback from Aaron. Says, let's talk Oscar nominations. Hello, my five-ish hosts. I don't have a whole lot to say about say on Queen's Jazz, other than saying that I, like almost everyone, every one other person, enjoyed Don't Stop Me Now, Bicycle Race. What I do have opinions on are this year's Oscar nominations. First, let me get the negatives out of the way. Barbie misses out on both lead actress and best director. What's so shocking to me about this is that it never once crossed my mind that Robbie and Gerwig wouldn't be nominated. They just always seem to have their nominations locked up, so when both got snubbed, I was confused as hell. And of the two, I'm more pissed at Gerwig missing out because she built this movie from the ground up. To a lesser extent, I'm really disappointed Pink by Lizzo and Dance the Night Away by Dua Lipa did get nominated. Though I guess they can't have five of the nominees come from the same movie. Well, <laughs> not this particular movie, but uh, you want to go back to the Disney Renaissance and then look at Best Original Song <laughs> categories? Yeah. <laughs> That just makes me wonder if the vote yeah. ever got split. Yeah. <clears throat> then there's no Greta Lee for past lives. I didn't love the movie as so many others do, but I really liked her performance. Now for some happier thoughts. America Ferrera got in and it was the one announcement I quite literally jumped up and yelled for joy. I love her, especially in Barbie, but I figured she wouldn't stand a chance getting in. I'm so happy I was wrong. DiCaprio missing out on leading actor brought me joy because I have no idea why this mediocre performance was so acclaimed. I feel that way about every Leonardo DiCaprio performance, Aaron. So <clears throat> both Paul Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright are phenomenal, and I figured we'd get one or the other. But thanks to DiCaprio being left out in the cold, they both get in. Anatomy of a Fall, getting all the nominations it did is amazing. I loved it. Finally, it isn't much, but seeing Godzilla minus one get nominated for special effects made me smile. It's not only the best Godzilla movie I've seen, but an all-around great movie. It makes my personal lineups in several categories, including best picture. As always, take care, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you, Shalane. Thank um, you, Aaron. On the subject of, of Godzilla minus one, um, that each, I mean, that, you know, why it didn't get like best international movie or whatever is each you know countries get like one movie they can send and japan had already sent the boy and the heron so mm -hmm. I'm like, eh, yeah at that point you're kind of like which one would you, which one would you you know not send in so yeah either way yay for japan making awesome movies whether animation or live action yay yay thanks thanks for the feedback aaron All right, so moving on to uh, this week's main topic. Get your little history learning hats on, folks. So we're going to get a little, a little historical here and a little hysterical. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm so glad we're doing this movie. <laughs> But also diving into to the yeah. the background of the the, the source material too, um, I really, I which really I which I 
which I've been digging into and have been quite amazed because this is uh, the the Three Musketeers is a true story. Like the Three Musketeers actually existed and D'Artagnan actually existed. But as far as history knows, the Three Musketeers, Athos, Porthos, and Eros, never actually knew each other and they in turn never knew D'Artagnan. So but D'Artagnan, like- yeah, D'Artagnan was a musketeer and actually worked his way up the ranks pretty high and was a very successful like military strategist until he got his got shot in the face and died. Oh. Um, and but because he'd worked his way up and was so like celebrated, like he got like a full like, you know, the honorable funeral from like the king and stuff um and somebody that had been in the military you know because this is essentially what the the musketeers are they're like you know a, a form of, of military they're like infantry yeah. uh, and uh one of the guys that served with d'artagnan wrote like all these stories of D'Artagnan's feats, which they believe that he probably embellished some of them. Uh, <laughs> but well, if you're gonna tell a story, you better make yeah. it. You better but make there is, yeah, there, there is enough record to know that D'Artagnan, like you know, was still a pretty amazing person as far as like his accomplishments. Um, and then uh, Ale- uh, Alexander Dumas years later comes across a copy of this guy's book essentially that had been published based on his personal recollections of d'artagnan and takes it and writes the 700 plus page novel (laughs) as as dumas was wanted to do turning into this amazing high action adventure swashbuckling story of political intrigue and love triangles and you know burglaries and theft and blackmail and you know it's it's rather sordid actually the, the book if you want to read all 700 plus pages of it it's kind of like the, the three musketeers if you want if you want to make this comparison it's kind of like robin hood or King Arthur, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, they they could have lived, and here are the people that we think they might be referring to, but the legend is just so much bigger than a real, you know, real people um, could could be. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's Alexandre Dumas. It's so good and so much fun. Sorry, I'm also I'm also a sucker for the Count of Monte Cristo. Which, mm-hmm. also, which which Dumas also wrote, so I'm just like, mm. Mm, he's he is worth reading, or you know, <laughs> listen to the audiobook if 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 that's uh, too much, and mm. you know, get 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 a version with a really good author, or you know, there's radio plays, mm-hmm. adaptations of of his work, but um, yes, yes. So I had actually not seen this this Three Musketeers before. Yeah, because it the the I mean the the Musketeers the story uh-huh. has been adapted 
numbers of times, both in film and in for in television, especially the BBC. Well, uh, Peter Capaldi played a Cardinal Richelieu yes. right before he got cast as the Doctor. Yeah, um, you know, uh, it's even yeah. You know, there's animation versions of it. Yeah, you know, there's there's the Three Musketeers with with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's uh, uh, a uh, Span. Speaking of anime, there's a Spanish Japanese anime adaptation called Dogtanian and the Three Muscahounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that sounds brilliant. Yep. <laughs> and there's even a Barbie Barbie movie version. Barbie yes, Skeeters, and of course and it's yes. on stage, uh, and, and all sorts of you know, uh, there's all sorts of um, adaptations. But um, the in film, um, it has been around since the early days of film it's it's one of the earlier subjects the the oldest known film adaptation adaptations from 1903 but pretty much everything about it is lost uh so other than people knowing it existed there's not a whole lot unfortunately um so the next one would have been in 1911 done by edison studios uh of course um and um uh starring of all people sydney booth as d'artagnan and yes that is booth as in john wilkes booth that was his brother uh <laughs> well, they were actors or or some sort of relation to john wilkes booth <laughs> So. It was a family of actors, and you know, yes. once, once the moving pictures came yep. into being, yeah, where the work was, yeah. Um. So, um. Oh, and of course, in the early the golden age of Hollywood, um. Of course, we have a version from 1921 starring Douglas Fairbanks, because if you're gonna do Three Musketeers, it's going to have Douglas Fairbanks in it. Um, there's, um, there is, um, uh, uh, in, uh, 1948, a production with Gene Kelly, Lana Turner, <laughs> among other people, um, and, um, Depending on your age, you may. Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting piece of Hollywood trivia that's connected to the Three Musketeers, because there was the Three Musketeers that came out in 1973, um, which um, also known as the Three Musketeers: The Queen's Diamonds, which stars uh, Michael York. Alva Reed, um, Raquel Welch, <laughs> Charlton Heston, Faye Dunaway, Christopher Lee, uh, <laughs> among uh, others. Um, but the thing is, is the film that they filmed it, uh, obviously, and um, 
uh, everyone, you know, they finish filming and the cast goes off to do whatever, you know, whatever the next gig or whatever is. Um, and then, you know, the, the film goes through editing and all that stuff. And they go, uh, you know, the cast meets back up again with the producers and the director and everything for their big, you know, red carpet premiere. And um, they have their um, their uh, big premiere and um, the film was so long because uh, it was supposed to be like gone with the wind like size so like three hours with an intermission um, but they decided that that was that was too much so um, they uh, decided to pull a, a Harry Potter and a <laughs> people complain about Harry Potter and Twilight doing this they did this back in the 70s first um, they decided to cut it in half um, the thing is, they didn't tell the cast oh. until the Paris premiere. Uh, other than a couple supposedly knew, but for the most part, nobody knew that the film was going to be made into two and the second half would be a sequel. So, well, we, we, already, we already filmed it, so it's not like they, it's not like they really care, isn't it? Right, and that was the thought is um uh Charlton Heston was one that knew before and he was like mm, two for the price of one um but enough of the cast and crew was all like uh no our contracts were for one movie and if you're gonna make two you need to pay us like we did two movies uh so the Screen Actors Guild SAG um had to uh go after the, the studio and the people involved. Um, and now actors' contracts include what is known as the Salkin Clause, named after the producers, <laughs> which stipulates that single productions cannot be split into film installments without prior contractual agreement. So that is uh, a little bit of a uh, Hollywood trivia for you there. Um, Inside baseball, as they say. Yeah. And that's so, probably and what's, what's yeah. funny, it was so funny, is that a lot of the cast ended up coming back and doing a third movie in 1989. <laughs> well, so. I was going to say, that's probably why that they didn't, they haven't really done that whole you'll know, split it up into two movies until things like Harry Potter and whatnot because it's like yes. like well we're cheap we don't we don't want to spend the money yeah yeah so it's like all right okay good for you SAG this is this is why the 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 actors have their their union so um but. Our particular version that we are talking about is the 1993 Disney, because it's Walt Disney Pictures on it, uh, uh, version um, with uh, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, 
Tim Curry, uh, Rebecca De Mornay, Gabriel Anwar, uh, Michael Wincott, and Paula McGann. Yep. I just about <laughs> fell out of my chair. I was watching this. I'm like, wait, Paul McGann is in this? And then I saw his Twice. I'm like, oh my gosh. He plays two different characters. He does. He does. Although yeah. his second character really doesn't show up a whole lot. But Yeah. And he's yeah. wearing a mustache. But was, but there's no mistake yeah. in that voice. That is uh, true. That is true. We know yeah. we know his voice very well. Yes, we do. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I watched this first the first time ages ago when I went on a, a Tim Curry kick, because uh, <laughs> of course, uh, you know, I was trying to watch anything and everything Tim Curry I could get my hands on, and I'm sure I rented this from the the video store, uh, probably on VHS. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> at some point um and like i think a lot of most people probably if you say three musketeers if they don't think of the candy bar first mm-hmm. um then uh, people probably at least know in a very vague general idea what you're referring to you know guys with swords all for one one for all uh type swashbuckling type adventure story um so i had a you know a vague idea of what the three musketeers is about uh of course now being a little older and a little wiser um i know uh even compared to um you know so these other adaptations that we've uh, brought up this is the least accurate adaptation <laughs> no you don't say <laughs> other than the characters names being correct <laughs> yeah, that's not one... the most thing that's about the only thing that this has in common with the source material <laughs> so, so okay so this is like i said this is the first time I'd seen this, and I enjoyed it. I, I really, I really did. But I, I like Kiefer Sutherland. I was a big Twenty Four fan back in mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. and I watched Young Guns. I love that. I love those movies. And you know, you got Kiefer and Charlie Sheen. So mm-hmm. it was great. It was fun. This movie, I will say, is like, oh yeah, I knew this. You know, it, it is obvious this was made in the nineties because there's just that stretch. Yep. Of uh, you know you know you had the Disney Renaissance in the '90s and that was great with the animated stuff. The live action movies that they put out, there is there is a if it's not Touchstone, if it yeah right the, the, when it's not Touchstone, but there yeah. but even with some of the Touchstone ones, some of them not all, you can just kind of tell, and I don't know what exactly I mean by that, but it it just kind of reminds me of. Oh gosh, I don't know. Things like oh, like Flubber and Blank Check and mm-hmm. what else did they do? There was that no that jungle book that was a different one. Um oh gosh. I'm just thinking of some of those that they were like we're not quite to the level of we're doing Pirates of the Caribbean for our live action movies. These live action movies in that in that Disney nineties was just sort of like here, we need another movie to go in this slot in this, you know, this, you know, summer movie thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be great, 
and you know the actors can just take it for a paycheck. It's not this isn't you know we're not we're not you know doing we're we're not doing any big great big we're not doing the Ten Commandments here mm-hmm. or anything big like that. So these were sort of I don't want to say cheap, but you know kind of disposable content, if you will, and. And then they're and they're largely these days largely forgotten, except for those of us who or, you know those who maybe saw the movies at the time or you know have that soft spot for them. So mm-hmm. it is not it is not a masterpiece, but it's nope. still a good time. It's oh, yeah. so cheesy. It is but it's and cheesy and it's O'Donnell. Good way. Oh my goodness. Like I, I said in the chat when we go, Chrissy's like, I'm watching it now. Uh, and I was like, this is like what freaking Kevin Costner's Robin Hood could have been if it hadn't taken itself so seriously. Yes. Yep. And uh, Chrissy, <laughs> I loved your comment. Like, this is like watching Young Guns, but set in a different instead of having yeah. and, Bill, and yeah. William Peterson play the bad guy. You got Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, so I'm like, movie... this is not a bad cast. I mean, it's very no. nice. Like, these are the guys yes. that were hot at the time. You got Charlie Sheen, again, Young Guns, stuff like that. Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this is obviously a few years after The Lost Boys. But, um, yep. you know, Chris O'Donnell, he's coming. You know, he's an up-and-coming actor. Um, you know, Oliver Platt, I think, was probably the one of the more established right actors um you know uh you know your lady your you know your your leading ladies uh you know rebecca de mornay was you know uh hot <laughs> you know she was a pretty hot actress for, for her time mm-hmm. um so um you know she's married to harry dean stanton at one point or dated Herding Santa at one point. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, she plays Milady, you know, De Winter. Uh, Gabrielle Anwar plays Queen Anne. Um, yeah, if you if you uh, think that she looks a little familiar, well, if you watched uh, the seventh season of Once Upon a Time, she plays Lady Tremaine. Uh, Yes, and yeah, time. So, um, and then you have two cameos by you blink and you miss doctor. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, you've got yeah, you've got Paul McGann. Uh, who it's an it's an ongoing joke throughout the entire film. Plays Gerard, yeah. whose sister apparently was canoodling with D'Artagnan, and. Gerard, it, it sounds like the sister was a willing participant, but as far as Gerard is concerned, his sister's honor has been muddled and he must, you know, avenge his sister's honor. So he spends the entire movie running around trying to get D'Artagnan to duel him on behalf of his sister's honor, but it just doesn't oh well (laughs) and gerard is just this yeah yeah gerard is just this pompous you know i'm sure you know comes from money noble nobleman he is they call him a fop he is foppish Mm -hmm. and ridiculous and yeah if if you if you've seen um 
if you have seen the the character, <laughs> he reminds me so much of um uh the the son uh, R.J. Fletcher's son in UHF. Mm-hmm. Where you know he's just so foppish and uh, like you know he's like uh, he gets his comeuppance at the end of the end of the movie and he's like dad and it's like Gerard is the exact same way except he's D'Artagnan uh, and I'm right. like oh, well, again you're gonna hurt yourself making that noise you go up behind him and go boy he's gonna yeah yeah and like and like the way he's all talk and nothing actually substance behind it the way the way they did his makeup like his he's not like pale like you know a vampire or something but he's like he's he's this guy does not start dying out he he looks so sickly and and you know his, his makeup is overdone um, on purpose, his hair is, and like all of it, like nothing about him. And, and yeah. I, it pains he's me supposed to, to be like dandy. He's a dandy. Yes, that's what yeah. it is. And like it pains yeah. me to say this because I, 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 I do think Home Again is a very good-looking gentleman, but yeah. he just doesn't look good in, in whatever they've got him. And that's, I mean, I know that's on purpose, but I just am sitting here laughing. I'm like, oh my poor Eighth Doctor, what have they done to you? Obviously, <laughs> he was the Eighth Doctor. But yeah, this still, is three years like, before the mo- the the TV movie. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. But you know, wibbly wobbly and and all that. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was just I was just floored when they have the, the credits. I'm like, oh, Paul McGann's in this. I wonder who he is. And then I see it, and I'm like, that's who he is. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's who they. That's what they got. That's the part they got for you. I'm like, oh no. I think he probably did it knowing that it was going to be hilarious. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. I oh, was, yeah. I was just a just, little Just sad. knowing Paul, that's, they, he, is, uh, he is like, absolutely, because this sounds like it would be just an absolute, like, you know, laugh and a half. A hoot. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, does, he, does, the, he does get the final scene, basically. In the mm-hmm, movie, mm-hmm. as he shows up with his brothers, and then the the musketeers all chase after him because mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, that's funny. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was a good time. I, I... <laughs> yeah, but then he he also appears a couple of times in the film, not as Gerard, but as Jusak, one of the cardinal's guards. But the only way you, that you could tell it's him is by the voice. Yes. Because uh, it's very, because they put a mustache on him and he's got the the full guard get up with the big hat. And so you can't really see his face that well. And, you know, five bazillion layers. Uh, but when he speaks, I'm like, yep, yeah, I know that voice. That is, that's still Paul McGann. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's kind of fun to be like, oh, Pierce Palm again. <laughs> oh, Pierce Palm again again, but with a mustache. That's how you know he's a bad guy. And being uh, a little more menacing in this. A story. real a real bad guy. That's the difference between Zusak and Gerard. Zusak yeah. is a real bad guy because he's got a mustache. Gerard, not so much. Gerard probably couldn't grow a mustache if his life depended upon it. No, he would have to pencil <laughs> that one on. Yep. <laughs> Oh, but it it was it it's always it's always fun to see you know the you know the the doctors whenever they show up in a right because I mean that one 
This is, I mean, it's the Three Musketeers. It's a French story written by a French author. If, 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 you know, you, you couldn't, couldn't tell that uh, Alexandre Dumas is a French name. Um, and it's set in Paris, France. Yet no one in this movie's got a French accent. The most egregious, in my opinion, would be Chris O'Donnell. Because I'm like, dude, you sound like you're, you just came off of the, the, you came off of the set of like Saved by the Bell or something. Yes. Bless yeah. your heart, you're trying. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, it's like, in theory, anyone can become a musketeer. Now, in the actual origin story, um, you, you, not just anyone can become a musketeer. You have to serve elsewhere first, put your time in, and then the king can be like, okay, yeah, now you can be a, a musketeer. Um but in this case, it's like the musketeers are kind of from all over. And as long as they follow the creed of their duty is to serve the king and country and protect the king, then fine. Uh, you know, so someone like, you know, Oliver Platt as Porthos, who is well-traveled, you could maybe understand why he doesn't have a French accent because maybe he came from elsewhere. You know, he did his adventuring all over the world and you don't know exactly where he comes from, but, you know, he's talented at what he does. And Oliver Platt just kind of has that voice that you could kind of just put him in anything and you'd be like, I will respect what this man has to say. Uh, <laughs> or at least listen to what this man has to say. Um uh, so, you know, I, I think of the, the, at least the three Musketeers, I think Oliver Platt is the closest to easily fitting him in without him necessarily needing to be French. <laughs> so, um, so, oh, it's something about Port, something about Porthos. I don't know if it's just because if you look at the name, it looks like it's Port. And that makes you think of Port Lee, but like anybody who's ever played Porthos is like on the heavier side, <laughs> a little more round. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Keith or Sutherland, obviously American, but he's got that really kind of gruff. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe his, his voice is just worn with time and use. Um, you know, and you know, he's he's Athos. Um, you know, he's a form of nobleman, so in theory he was more aristocratic at some point. Yep. Um, and then Charlie Sheen, who's Aramis, it has that Charlie Sheen voice where he just yeah. he constantly sounds like he's trying to to get into your pants. Yep, he he is Charlie <laughs> Sheen, which is so weird to hear his voice because he's supposed to be the more religious yes one, and then you know he's you know quoting scripture and whatnot and i'm like this is a little incongruous but okay we'll go with it yeah yeah like he's supposed and to be the like, holy man he used to be a student yeah. of the cardinal and i'm like yeah talk about casting against type right. uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and maybe, then we maybe he wasn't tiger blood uh yeah there he wasn't 
maybe it wasn't that bad back in the 90s but i'm like no. oh dear i think like, even then he was kind of known as a, like a, a, a kind of a bad, bad boy, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well just that uh, he's at the scene with that one gal that he might be canoodling on the slide he's like um yeah we should pray and then he's like no god's busy uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let let's yeah. dive out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Tr- like, bard right I, there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and are you are you are you drawing from personal experience there, Charlie? Um, so well, and apparently Charlie Sheen in in true Charlie Sheen fashion, uh, before filming, all four of the guys went to uh had lessons in fencing and horse riding. Except for Charlie Sheen. My Charlie Sheen was like, he's like, no, I'm not going to horse riding and fencing camp for six weeks. Thank you very much. I will see you all on set on the first day of filming. So that's why you see Aramis use his rapier the least. (laughs) Because Charlie Sheen couldn't be bothered to go to fencing camp before filming. (laughs) Which, considering, and he makes a cameo appearance, he's uncredited, Bob Anderson, who, we we see him teaching the, 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 you know, the king, King Louis, uh, how to fence. But Bob Anderson is the king of sword fighting in film. Like, every lightsaber battle in Star Wars, that's him. He taught like all of the sword fighting for Lord of the Rings. Yep. Like he is a legend when it comes to on-screen weapons fighting. And it's like, if I could go get six potentially, you know, close to six weeks of training for Bob Anderson, hell yeah, I'm gonna do it. And it's part of your job. Yeah. It's like even if it wasn't part of my job, like if I was one of like the ladies or something, I'd be like, can I come to camp anyway? Please, I want to learn how to fight for Bob Anderson. <laughs> I'll just stand in the back and like watch you guys and, and I'll practice. pretend it's a lightsaber. Yeah, like I won't even I, I won't even ask for you know one on one tutoring. I'll just be like, okay, let me do that. Okay, exactly. Move it, move it, Kiefer. I can't see. Well, no, actually, he's kind of short. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, Charlie Sheen, you're so weird sometimes. Uh, sometimes? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes a lot of the time. Quite. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's like you've got, you know, your three musketeers and D'Artagnan. Uh, I think it's always funny that they, it's called the three musketeers, yet the plot line is... You have these three musketeers and then D'Artagnan and he joins up with them and then he becomes a musketeer. So technically there's four, although in the book, by the end, actually, Aramis decides to go and become a monk. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, and it- like, and like Athos decides to go back to, or I think it's Portos decides to, to become a landowner and just you know eat drink and probably marry a wench and have fat babies just like he says in the movie uh yep so it's d'artagnan that becomes a musketeer and like the others leave <laughs> so, um 
but uh, I just think it was, I think it's, I, for some reason, I just, if some, it strikes me as funny. It's called the Three Musketeers, yet it's an adventure of four guys. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it, it's like, it's like there's the three guys, and then sometimes D'Artagnan has his own. Yes. Um, adventure. So he's a little bit, so it's more like, it's like, it's like a band name, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers is what it is. I'm trying to think of yes. a band name that does that, and I'm totally blanking on anything right now. Yeah. Um, no, I can only think Benny and the Jet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But um, yeah. but yeah, so it's it's just it's just kind of kind of how the works. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Again, the best performance. <laughs> In my humble opinion, and the whole reason that I watched this in the first place is because Tim Curry is our bad guy oh, as Carl Lord. Richelieu. So <laughs> once I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is why we're watching." Okay. Yep. So it is. You know, it, it is Tim Curry doing what he does best. I there's a. I was watching a, a review, someone's review on on YouTube. And uh, at one point they said, he's Tim Curry playing Tim Curry in a fabulous red cloak. And then somebody in the comments was like, you say that like it's a bad thing. I was like, <laughs> like when you, when you have Tim Curry in a movie, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting Tim Curry in a, in a costume and he's going to chew all the scenery in every scene and, he's in. And <laughs> so. you're going to. Enjoy it because it's Tim Curry chewing the scenery. Like, why yes. don't what? Why, why is this a bad thing? Yeah, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's he. Uh, this again. This movie. It's cheesy. It's not a faithful adaptation. But a lot like Kevin Costner's uh, Robin Hood, the redeeming factor is your bad guy. <laughs> Yep. So makes it tolerable to watch. This just happens to be way more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's just ice, you know, extra sprinkles on a on the on the yeah. Sunday. Uh, like, but leads like, having having fun. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, not taking it too seriously. Um, and you know, they absolutely do. I mean, some of the banter between the three musketeers between themselves and with d'artagnan or captain rochefort uh there's i mean it's this movie's very quotable uh because there's some very very good lines in this um you know and then tim curry is just you know fantastic as as cardinal richelieu um you know it's it's tim curry <laughs> I mean, the making the cardinal the the center of of the plot mm-hmm. um as opposed to in the book and a lot of the other ad- you know the adaptations um where the cardinal is part of like a bigger more in- intricate plot because the, in the book it's uh the queen is having an affair with uh 
the what is it the um uh the the guy from England that the in this the oh, car um, trying to Buckingham? yeah Buckingham uh oh. the queen is having a uh, an affair with Buckingham um and uh Milady uh De Winter is in there too and Constance is not like a lady in waiting she's another no she's a, a, a an actual noble woman Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like a love triangle between them and uh, between Constance and Milady de Winter and D'Artagnan. Uh, so, but then, you know, the story about uh, Milady de Winter being Athos's wife, that still plays into it and her having the brand uh, with the fleur de lis, that still applies. Um, so, but in this case, having. It Richelieu just being power hungry and wanting to usurp and get himself on the throne. And if he gets the queen, all the more for him, because apparently uh, in whatever religion this cardinal practices, uh, that uh, chastity is not um, a vow that he's taken. (laughs) <laughs> if you get celibacy uh not a word he knows uh or at least doesn't want to know for very long no <laughs> or he only considers some suggestions instead of the written law yes, yes. <laughs> it's a guideline yeah like like i said it's a, you you only break your vow if you get caught yeah so which yeah. but you know it's Tim Curry and it's oh, like what? 90s Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. Vibe and Queen. Uh <laughs> never know. I'm not necessarily saying no, I'm just saying. Um but yeah, in this case, like they've aged the king and queen down. They're they're teenagers. Uh you know, it's know. Range, range marriage. So the king has the most god awful hair. Um, I know it's historically accurate, but his his wig is just. Things you could have made historically accurate in this very historically inaccurate movie. Yeah, that was the one. Okay. Yeah, it's like you think. Okay. Speaking of Paul McGann, you think Paul McGann's wig in the Doctor Who movies bad? Take a look at this. Uh, that, that being said, the king and queen are adorable, and just yes, like they talk about, you know how they yeah, it's an arranged marriage, but they fell in love, and it's very sweet, and they're just but they don't know. they don't know how to act around each other because of all so, these hormones because they're teenagers, teenagers, and it's like who who put who put the who thought putting these two in charge was a good idea? Well, okay, <laughs> I guess oh, monarchies. What do you do anyway? <laughs> but uh. But but it they I I did I did like them I did like them quite quite a bit and just they were sweet mm-hmm. and then you know she's talking uh, the queen is talking to um oh the one girl Constance like, Constance thank you and like yeah. like you know is this really love is this all and she's like talking about oh and then I fell in love with Louis and I didn't think I would and and blah 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 and I'm like oh that's really sweet and then here comes the cardinal to be Ewey. 
But if it was any but any other actor, oh, I think I'm... it would be even more ooey and gross. But the part of me is like, oh, Tim Curry keeps speaking. Uh... Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, I know. I know. Well, it's just, just that she's she's how old she is. Yes, <laughs> she is a teenager. That's, so that's the part I'm referring to. I'm like, you know, yeah. if she was a, a, a an, an older adult. An adult. I would be like, yeah. okay, this, you know, I can accept this a little more, but. Then yeah. again, historical accuracy. Yeah, it's like, oh look, you vault, you 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 you're starting puberty. Well, time to get married and start popping out babies. Well, because uh, you're you're lucky if you if you live to your thirties. Yes, nine times out of ten. Well, and you got you got to start early enough so you can pop out as many as possible because a good chunk of them are not going to live past like their first birthday. That so. is true. And when you're royalty, you need you need an heir. And you yes. need it now. Yep. So you got to start popping them out ASAP. Pronto. LOL. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is just so, it's, it's so cheesy, but it's, it's so fun. And, it, and it, it's, it's a good action movie. Oh, like, yeah fight scenes and stuff are, are done really well and they get very creative because you know again you think of the three musketeers you think of the the rapier you know type almost fencing type swords um but in reality the the musketeers the actual musketeers also use guns um and mm-hmm. other uh weaponry that goes boom uh <laughs> not just swords um, hence, hence why they could send a burning carriage into a big wagon of gunpowder and everything go explodey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I, I had to, I kind of started yelling at the screen when the, when they are all like, like the carriage goes in and everything explodes and every, and you know, all the, all of the, the king's men, or you know, the, the, the cardinals men, I guess I should say, or, mm-hmm. you know, in, in confusion, and then the then the four of them, instead of running away, because after this lovely distraction they've created, they just stand there. They, they they come back and then they stare at him like, "No, you guys, you need to leave. You <laughs> you did this so that you could could get away. Why are you watching? element of surprise? Don't stand around to admire your work. Camp's mm-hmm. exactly. great. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Yes, it's kind of yes, it's cool to watch. You know, all, all these these guys. Everybody likes seeing shit their, blow up. But, with yeah. their butts on fire. Let's go. Yeah. Gotta make it to Calais. How long <laughs> do you have? Not much. Yeah. Quickly, quickly. Yeah, so yeah that like, part I was the like. The okay. supposed to leave Tuesday night, and then the king's supposed to be killed on Friday. And in this time and era, it's going to take us that long to get from Calais back to Paris. <laughs> yeah. Book it, man. Book it. <laughs> what are you doing? Get a wiggle on. Uh... <laughs> oh. So yeah, that part I was like, I mean, obviously I knew what was going to happen, but I was like, okay, I want to watch stuff blow up, but you guys don't need to watch stuff blow up. You guys got to get going. Move it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll go ooh and ah. Just so you just yeah, just so you feel proud about yourselves. Like watching a fireworks show. Yay. Yay, you did like it. Like Disney or something. <laughs> Imagine that. 
an explosion in a Disney production. <laughs> ah. Oh. Hey, and our and our protagonist starts on his adventure because of a dead parent. That is I mean, true. that doesn't tell you if this is a, this is a Disney movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's seeking revenge. Well, okay, revenge and to join the Musketeers. Yes. Well, it's not so much seeking revenge because he does he doesn't know that his dad was actually murdered. Well, that's true. He knows he thinks his dad died in the line of duty as a musketeer himself. And it's in the process of this adventure that he finds out his father was actually murdered and then needs to get revenge. Because really, he's just trying to um, bring honor back to the family name because his dad, while his dad died in the line of duty, so did that king that his dad had been <laughs> yes, kind of supposed to be protecting. So... You know, his dad died in the process of failing at his job, which uh -huh. is to protect the king. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's like Robin Hood and the Princess Bride had a really cheesy baby. In a way, because it's like D'Artagnan's sword made by his, it belonged to his father. You know, and then he, you know, he finds out his father was murdered. He needs to get revenge. He's like Inigo Montoya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were definitely some Inigo Montoya vibes going on. Yeah. Uh, last, last, um, that final, the finale. Yeah. You got a, uh, you know, our our bad guy, a bit on the flamboyant side. Yeah, Tim Curry, Cardinal Richelieu, Bill, Bill, a little bit like Humperdinck. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna. You're gonna steal ideas, steal from the best. Mm-hmm. Or you know, we're borrowing with every intent to return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently at one point Carrie Elvis had been suggested or considered for this movie, and I think he ended up turning it down. Mm. Which you know, like he would have fit right in, but at the same time, you know, if I'd read this script being Carrie Elvis, I'd be like, I did this already That's better <laughs> odd sense the deja vu minus the rodents of unusual size yes yes like uh, been there done that got the uh got the got the got the sword to prove it uh yeah so well and then okay men in tights did that come out in 93 Mm, I don't remember. I'm going to look that up. Let's see. Cause Should be close. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Please, please hold. Mm. Oh, 93. Yep. Yep. Too. There you go. It was get the exact date. Yeah. Summer. Same year. Yeah. So I think he probably picked the better one. <laughs> yeah. No. Not that I think we would have hated him in this, but <laughs> Oh no, but I just I just kind of feel like I don't know, what what am I trying to what am I trying to say here? Because I don't think his his role in Princess Bride was diluted by him doing 
Robin Hood, but it may have been diluted if he'd done Three Musketeers. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Because so. it's like, yeah, the Three Musketeers, it's funny mm -hmm. because it's Disney, so it can't be completely serious. So they're going to put some levity in there. Oh, yeah. Robin Hood Men in Tights is a Mel Brooks movie, so it has to be funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, you, when, you, when you go to a Mel Brooks movie, you are going to get bad name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. If you watch a Mel Brooks movie and you don't at least chuckle a few times, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Um. So. But, yeah. So yeah, this movie is just—it's redonkulous. It's fun. Uh, it's it's got heart. It's got charm. It's cheesy, and we love it for it. It's not going to win any awards, and we don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But if it but if it encourages you to either read the Three Musketeers or listen to an audiobook or you know just seek out the uh, a more faithful adaptation of the film or the, <laughs> of the book, I mean, by all means. So I mean, I as far as I know, there's not any out there that's like really faithful. That's why I said a more faithful attitude. Yeah. So you're doing, no matter which one you pick, um, it's going to be um, not yeah. completely accurate. Unfortunately, well, with um, well, I mean, the that book is early, huge. you know, the early ones, mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, Douglas Fairbanks, they're limited by what cinema can do. By the time you get to like the one with Gene Kelly, you're dealing with the Hayes Code. So things like uh, uh, Madame de Winter's like discretions are yeah. less severe. Uh, <laughs> she still gets she still gets punished because that's what the Hayes Code said you had to do with anybody who does anything morally wrong. They have to get their comeuppance by the end of the story. Yeah. Um no, obviously the the one in, in 73 and then the, its sequel <laughs> in 74. Um you're out of the Hayes Code. So uh and the fact that it's so long gives you a longer running time to fit more in. So it is slightly more accurate um than the ones the ones before. But at the very least with a cast like that. It, you know, you're watching some bangers of you know actors of of that time period. Um, yeah, this one is just it's it's Disney, so you're gonna it's you're getting exactly what you'd expect from a Disney '90s. I mean, this is very much it's intended to be entertaining and not take itself too seriously. And it and, was yes. under the Walt Disney Pictures label, so it's not going to be. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. going to be family friendly. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, and of course, uh, you've got uh, the 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 you know the the theme song from the film recorded by the you know whoever's the hot recording artist at the time. Again, this is '90s, so in this case, we get uh, "All for Love," yeah. uh, Rod Stewart and Sting, uh, and Brian Adams, <laughs> and Brian Adams because he helped co-write this, it. The two the two, yeah. the two um, songs that they play for the for the slow dances at, at, uh, at, you know, your school dances, you know, anything I do and all for love. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, which Brian Adams movie from a, from a historic, a, a historical ish movie soundtrack yep. are we playing today? Mm-hmm. Yep. The score was done by Michael Kamen. So, you know, yeah, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cause Mike, Michael Kamen was the shit. Um, this is a shame we lost him when we did. Um, so, but yeah, his, he was an amazing composer. Um, so, um, yeah. And then you've got, uh, some, some newer versions. One, again, one of the reviews I was watching, it's like every, you know, 10 to 20 years or so, Hollywood decides they need to make a new adaptation of, uh, the Three Musketeers. So after that one in '93, the next kind of big budget one would be in 2011, directed by Paul W. S. Anderson, and has a uh, uh, cast like uh, Mila Jovich, Luke Evans, Mads Mikkelsen, and Orlando Bloom. Uh, <laughs> Okay. And uh, Orlando uh, Bloom already had the, uh, the 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 sword fight training. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is very true. Uh, this this um this one takes uh a lot of license with technology. This is for steampunk. Um, uh, there's like you know big flying like zeppelin airship type thing <laughs> so there like, you go uh so yeah there's uh that was in uh 2011 um and then um yeah there's the the it was a was it a, a, a mini series the version that uh Peter Capaldi was in. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't a miniseries. It was a full-on show because they were gonna have him come back for season two, but then he got cast as the Doctor. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a series. There's three 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 seasons. So. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Peter Capaldi only appears in the first season. So. Looks like they maybe uh, brought in uh, Rochefort in the second season as your antagonist. (laughs) Yep. Music, the music uh, done by Murray Gold, though. Uh (laughs) All kinds of connections. Well, it is the BBC, so, yeah. Kind of keep everything like, here. hey, we're doing some big epic thing. We need music. Call Murray. 
Uh, <laughs> Murray knows what he's doing. Yep. All right. So, yeah. Plenty of options uh, for your musketeer um, desires. Uh, <laughs> that, that musketeer itch that you mu that must be scratched. And this version is on Disney Plus. Yep. So check that out alongside as I went and searched it. The Mickey like, version. Yeah, there's the Mickey Mouse one. That's cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Or I should say, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, the three Musketeers. <laughs> yes. Well, when you say Mickey Mouse, it's kind of implied that the other two. Yeah. Are... But on the on the logo, the title it says Disney, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, the three Musketeers. Yes. Based on the image, when you click on it in Disney Plus, apparently Goofy is gonna canoodle with. Clarabelle Cow? Sure. <laughs> uh, no, I mean... It's like Mickey's got Minnie, Donald's got Daisy, and then Goofy is getting kissed on by Clarabelle. So, yeah. Yeah, she was either paired with Goofy or Horace Horsecollar. <laughs> yeah. If, if memory serves. <laughs> yep. Uh... Anyway, anything else we want to point out, chat about, or whatever else? I was happy to rewatch this. I needed a laugh. <laughs> Same. I could have done. I needed a good giggle, and that that definitely like, yeah. You know, going into it, it was like I remember it being cheesy, but it it had been a hot minute since I'd watched it, and I'm like, oh yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of cheese I need right now. <laughs> so yeah, don't uh, if you, if you just if you want some good stereotypical '90s Disney live action, uh, you know, entertainment can't go can't go wrong with this. And it, it's short; it's like an hour and a half long, hour forty. So not going to take up a lot of your day so i okay sorry um i was just looking up like the three musketeers on audible seeing if there was like a a a, a, a dramatization that would be good how many are there well there's a lot but this one i found so you have jamie glover playing d'artagnan and cardinal richelieu is julian glover his dad <laughs> I'm like okay, huh. and it, and this this particular this particular one also comes with a um uh versions of the Count of Monte Cristo and and the Three Musketeers and also another Alexander Dumas and I mean his son who wrote it Lady of the Camellias a little lesser known but that might be yeah this is gonna be fun I think I'm going to spend a credit on this one because also Dan Stevens is in it that's cool sweet anyway well if that's all we've if that if uh, we've we've exhausted our musketeer chatter <laughs> or whatever um we're going to 
sign off. Uh, but if before that, if any of our listeners want to chime in on their uh, thought from Three Musketeers, whether it's this movie or just the story in general or another adaptation that you like, point us in that direction uh, by sending us some feedback. Our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is thefiveishfangirls.com, to find our show notes and our links to our social media and places to comment and also has links to our patreon and our merch shop if you uh, feel inclined to help support the podcast if you can if you want to it's all good um but you know we thank you all for listening and being our audience and just you know hanging out with us we love you all and take care with you know like I said, wherever you are, whatever the weather's doing, take your vitamins. Because mm-hmm. we're getting tired of all this sickness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say that again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Sally from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Rochefort. Isn't that a smelly kind of cheese? Thank you, our five-ish fam, for joining us on this week's Geeky Journey. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Stay connected with us on our website, thefiveishfangirls.com, and follow us on most social media with at fiveishfangirls. Plus, check out our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back, to see how we're making a positive impact in our community. Until next time, stay nerdy and let the squee continue.